man, God's got a word. God has got a word. The word he's got is out of, uh, in the Bible, a book called First Kings. If you bought a Bible or a mobile device, go to First Kings. If you don't know where it is, it's cool. It's right before Second Kings. I know, I'm kind of a jerk. Okay, so it's in the, it's in the Old Testament. You'll, you'll, you'll find it. But uh, if you don't find it, it's cool. We're going to put it up on the screen. But I'm going to set it up for you. First Kings, um, we're, we're at a point here where the name king means that Israel, Israel, the Israelites are, were God's chosen people in the Old Testament. And, and remember, they went, they were in Egypt, and they got out of Egypt, and they, and they finally got into the promised land, which is Canaan, or Israel now. And they finally got there. So now they're in the promised land, and they're fending off opposition, but they've taken the land that God has for them. And they've had, now they have kings. They never used to have them. But now they wanted a king. They begged God for a king. God says, all right, I'll give you a king. He gave them King Saul. Saul was the first king. After Saul came King David. Remember David took down Goliath and he was a great king. This is the third king. Solomon is the son of David. He's the third king different than David though. David was a warrior. He was he was he went into battle. He was a fighter. Solomon was he, Solomon was more of a lover, not a fighter. Right? And I can relate to that. I mean, I've never been in a fist fight. I'm, I'm scared to get punched in the face. I just, I've never wanted to be in a fist fight. Though I have had some scraps, I'll just be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I am not completely weak. So I've had some scraps. I uh, grew up with uh, five siblings, and my sisters and I would get into it. I mean, and it was vicious. You know what I'm talking about. Hair pulling, scratching, screaming, clawing. And that's just what I was doing. I mean, I, you know, it was bad. It was bad, so I have, I will throw down if I have to. Solomon didn't throw down much. Solomon was a peacekeeper. In fact, the name Solomon, you know what comes from the word shalom. Say shalom. Shalom is actually a Hebrew word that means peace. This is where Solomon got his name. He literally was a peacekeeper, and it makes sense because during Solomon's entire reign, there wasn't many battles. There was a lot of peace. And you might think, well, that's good. And it is in a sense. But I'm telling you something. Just because you have peace in your life, you might have too much. Like I tell people, sometimes when you're facing opposition, sometimes when you don't feel the peace, that's when God wants to move in your life. That's when God wants to do something. Because with opposition comes opportunity. And there was a huge opportunity for Solomon, this peacekeeper that he was, this lover, not a fighter that Solomon was. So I'm going to take you to 1 Kings, the first verse. And I'm going to start there. It says this. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh. Last week we learned that Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. This is a different Pharaoh. The last week was a thousand years earlier. Not the same guy, right? So Pharaoh is a title, not a name. Solomon made an alliance. He married one of the daughters of Pharaoh. He brought her to live in the city of David. Now the city of David, that's just another word for Jerusalem. That's what that, that's what that is. Until he could finish doing what David started. Building a palace for him, building a temple for God, building a wall around it all. He had to do these things. Verse 2, at the time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at local places of worship. For the temple, honoring the name of the Lord, had not been built yet. That's what actually Solomon would be building, is the temple. But because one didn't exist, they were doing what they needed to do. Verse 3 is key. Listen to this. Solomon loved the Lord. I'm going to say that again. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at local places of worship. Most important were these places. The most important one of these places was a place in Gibeon. So the king went there and he sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. Say, dream on. 
Now we're to the dream. Verse 5. We hit verse 5. This is where the dream happens. God comes to Solomon in a dream, and this is what he says. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, what do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. And I bet Solomon was like, what What am I dreaming? Yeah, Solomon, you are. But it's real because God's really talking to you. And this statement blows me away. Like God really asked Solomon, just ask and I'll give it. I mean, this is a dream come true. I've like, I've read this before and I'm ready. Like I have a list in my, under my pillow that I keep under my pillow. I'm like, God, if you ever come to me in a dream and ask me this, I'm ready. Like I, I, I mean, I, this is what I'm asking. And some of you are like, well, the first thing I would ask for is world peace and that we all just get along. And yeah, 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 I get that. And that's great. And that's noble. But maybe just don't go right to world peace. Maybe just, maybe you start by asking God to give you the ability to use your turn signal. Just start there. Okay. Gosh, some of you just want it all right away. Yeah, you know who you are, too. Vroom, vroom, whatever. So, anyways, could be me, too. Um, but I've got a list, literally. And you know what's top of it? I, I, I say, God, you, you want me to tell you what I want? We have an epidemic going on. It's called group texting, okay? It's an epidemic. You know it, and I know it. And I'd be like, God, you know what's going on, and you ask me this question. But for anybody that sends me a group text, I'm, I'm not saying kill them, unless that's what you want, God. Then I'm okay with it. But... What we could do, and this is just my idea, how about when they send this group text, you send about 10,000 volts of electricity through their body, right? I think this will do something. I think it can help America be great again. I really do. I'm just saying. And if they keep sending them, he just turns up the voltage. It's okay. You'll catch on eventually. Maybe this is why God's never come to me in a dream, right? He's like, dude, you got problems. I know. That's why I need you, Jesus. So, okay. So, but Solomon's response, Solomon's response to God is so key. Because God says, Solomon, what do you want? Just say it. I'll do it. And Solomon's like, this is what Solomon says to him. And this is key. So I'm going to give you three things really quick in the message here that Solomon does. His response is so brief and to the point. I love it. This is what Solomon responds to God. He replied, you've showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David. Because he was honest and true and faithful to you, God. And you've continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him me, a son, to sit on the throne. So what, what, what he does right here is Solomon is reflecting on the goodness and the faithfulness of God. So very quickly, he says, God, okay, this is where we're at. But, but this is what you've done. You've been faithful here. You've showed up here. You've helped me there. You got me out of that. And if you've done that, you can do this. The first thing he does, he's, he reflects on the past. He reflects on the past. God, this is where I was. This is what you've done. And it's all been really good because you're a good God. Now let's go to verses 7 and 8. He's going to shift now from the past to the present. And he says, Lord, now, say now. Now you have made me the king instead of my dad, David. But, but I'm like a little kid that doesn't even know my way around. I'm in the midst of your own children, your own people, a great nation, so big, so numerous, we can't even count them. In other words, what, what Solomon is saying here, I'm in way over my head right now, God. Like, I know you've been good in the past, but where I'm at today, it's overwhelming. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't lead these people. I can't do it. He, he's, he's acknowledging his need in the present. Acknowledging God's grace and God's goodness, this is what Solomon is doing. He's saying, God, this is what you've done in the past, but I'm feeling very inept today. Some of you can relate to what I'm saying there because there are situations going on in your life right now where you don't feel like you're equipped. That's not a bad place to be. 
Because what you can't do, your father can do. And this is why Solomon is going to the father saying, I can't lead these people. I'm just a guy. I don't know what I'm doing. But listen to what he says. Now he's going to move from the past to the present to the future. We go, we go to the next verse, verse 9. And this is, where he, this is where he finally says, God, you ask the question. Here's my answer. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well. Know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? And there he says it. He asks, God, this is what I'm asking, and he's expecting. He asks, and he is expectant of the future. He's saying, God, this is, this is where we're at. This is where you've been. This is where we are today. But this is what I'm asking. And I love his ask. So he asks for wisdom. But not just, a, not just a smart mind, not just God, give me it up here. I love it. He asked for an understanding heart. That's so key because, because you know you can have a lot of smarts and still be way off, way off. The Bible, Proverbs 4.23, I love this scripture. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. If your heart isn't right, your life won't be either. We always say, be connected here to God, and this will be better. But if you're not connected here, this, this will be sideways, big time. Give God, give me an understanding heart. And then notice what he says, so I can govern your people. He doesn't ask God to do it. He doesn't say, God, show up, you ask, you govern these people, lead these people. He says, no, 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 God, give it to me. I'll do it. Like, like, so I can govern the people. So I know right from wrong. He didn't say, God, you show, that, you show right from wrong and do it. He says, God, give it to me and I'll do it. I think sometimes we're guilty of asking God to do something for us when God wants to do something through us. Okay, I'll say that again. Don't ask God to do something for you that he wants to do through you. It's so key that you catch this. That's why God was pleased with Solomon. Hey, wherever you are, thanks so much for joining us today. We are so glad that you did. And if this blessed you in any way, man, we would love for you to subscribe to this channel, follow us on social media, and stay connected with us. And let me say most importantly, if you are ready to give your life to Christ or you want to make a decision for Jesus today, we would love it, man. Connect with us. Contact us at hello at meadows.church. Again, hello at meadows.church. Let us know what God is doing in your life. And know this, God loves you and the best is